This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When I met you in the summer... I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to the Equity Mates Summer Series, proudly brought to you by Sharesies. Over 12 episodes, we're diving into some of the most exciting, interesting, and well-known companies from Australia and the US. Each episode, we're also joined by an expert to help us unpack the key metrics, the bull case, and the bear case for each company. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm excited for this episode. Mm. Uh, This is a company that I... I don't know. I've had my eyes on for a while. Haven't bought it, but... No, you... I, I thought you had. I don't. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have had this on your radar for a long time. So I'm also excited to jump into this. Today, we're diving into Mercado Libre. And our expert is David Halpert, founder, portfolio manager, and chief investment officer at Prince Street Capital, a specialist emerging and frontier market asset manager based in New York and Singapore. And that will become relevant once we start unpacking Mercado Libre. But uh, the Equity Mates Summer Series is proudly supported by Sharesies. And we love Sharesies for a couple of reasons, but primarily because it's an easy and approachable platform, especially with their auto invest feature where you can truly execute dollar cost averaging. And in an environment like we are at the moment, DCA is certainly a strategy that you DCA should be thinking about. Is the way. DCA is the way you get access to Australian, US and New Zealand shares. All the markets are available. You can pick an order, the amount you want to regularly invest and let auto investing do the rest. How good. You can use the code GROW when you sign up to the Sharesies platform for $10 into your account, ready to invest. Promotion T's and C's applies and download the Sharesies app or visit sharesies.com.au to learn more. Thank you, Sharesies, for the support. We're in a real rhyming mood today. Yeah, we are. DCA is the way, auto invest and let let it do do the the rest. rest. (laughs) Yeah, how good. (laughs) Mercado Libre. Uh, today is the day. <laughs> now, we, while we are licensed, we are not aware of your personal circumstances. All information on the show is for education, entertainment pur- purposes only. Any advice is general advice only. But Ren, in one sentence, what does Mercado Libre do? It's the most popular e-commerce platform in South America. It's off brackets, not, fin- not full stop brackets. Okay. <laughs> often called... The Amazon of South America. Right. Yeah. The Amazon of South America. Which I have Big a little... shoes. I have a little bit of a gripe with because I actually think it's more like the eBay of South America. Because of the functionality of it. 
Because it's more marketplace. Now, obviously, eBay has gone more into first-party sellers and Amazon has gone more into third-party sellers. Yeah. But if you think about like when they were started, uh, the difference between Amazon and eBay, Amazon was an online retailer. It was an online version of Walmart or Woolies or you know, it insourced things into its warehouse and then it sold them. Mm. Whereas eBay was a platform that connected buyers and sellers. Mm. I, I think Mercado Libre, at least in its original formation when it was founded in 99, was more eBay than Amazon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let's unpack it. So history, the company was founded in 1999 by a guy called Marcos Galperin. Pronunciation uh, unsure, but I'm, that's the best we can do. Argentina's richest man. Argentina's richest man. But now. Not, yeah, yeah, not yeah, when yeah, he not, founded it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was attending Stanford at the time and got funding from HM Capital Partners, partners JP Morgan Partners, Goldman Sachs, GE Capital and Santander Group. It what, is a, what a start. It is a story <laughs> of being in the right place at the right time, being surrounded by the right people. Mm. Being in at Stanford, for those who are unfamiliar with where Stanford is, it's in basically San Francisco, yeah. in 1999, peak of the tech boom, yeah. that's where you want to be. Mm. And he clearly saw models that were getting funding at the time, you know, Amazon and eBay and stuff, but they were some of the hottest companies in the 90s, um, the startups in the 90s. And he said, why can't I do this in South America? And he did it. And he's done it. <laughs> and JP Morgan, <laughs> Goldman Sachs, GE Capital, which was big yeah. pre-JFC, Santander Group, HM Capital Partners, not really familiar with them, but still, they all pitched in. He did in. pretty well. <laughs> he did pretty well. So, uh, so that was back in 1999. In 2001, eBay came in and purchased 19.5% of the company, really helping them on their expansion story. And then eBay sold their stake in 2016, uh, what, 15 years later. Yeah. We, we don't have the return, but I reckon it. they eBay did better on Mercado Libre than McDonald's did on Chipotle. That's which was still pretty guess. good. Yeah, both. <laughs> I don't of which, actually know if that would be true. Both of which Maybe. it feels like they've got they've gotten out a little bit if too, we, too early. If but. we release this episode before the Chipotle one, that's a little tease for you. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. It listed on the Nasdaq in two thousand and seven. The ticket is M E L I, so you can you can buy it over on uh, or any broker, particularly shares is if it's access to the US market, and they are the first Latin American tech company to be listed on the Nasdaq. Yeah, by twenty sixteen, it had one hundred seventy four million users in Latin America and it, it has just been a story of expanding into more countries and uh, uh, really more recently expanding its offerings around its core marketplace. So it's offered it, in 2019 it opened its first distribution centers in Argentina, Brazil and Mexico. In 2020 it opened new distribution centers in Chile and Colombia. There was a deck and we didn't include some of the numbers um, but about just the uplift during COVID mm. and you can see it on their investor relations website. It, it was like 10 weeks into COVID, early 2020, and they were just like, we're shooting the lights out here. Like, Had they, were they prepared for it? Uh, was anyone prepared for COVID? No. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but I, the reason I didn't include a bunch of that stuff in there, it's because it feels like what we've learned this year is that a lot of that, those COVID gains, yeah, people are regressing off. to yeah. like their pre-COVID states. Yeah. They're not keeping Pelotons. They're going back to the gym. Yeah. They're getting off Zoom calls and slowly going back to the office and they're leaving online shopping and going back in store. Mm. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. 
Yes. Well, fair point. So, Ren, it, you said at the top it's the Amazon or eBay of South America and they are in 18 countries in alphabetical order. Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Spain, Ecuador, Guatemala, Honduras, Peru, Panama, Uruguay and Venezuela. Mm. They're everywhere. Yeah, mainly in one, one part of the world though. South but, America. Yeah, but Spain obviously not in South America. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But not a insignificant part of the world. Main markets, Argentina, Brazil and Mexico, but pretty massive population. Yeah. So Mercados report Argentina, Brazil, Mexico and other. So that's how right. important those three markets are for them. Yeah. Okay. So Mercado Libre, we're probably butchering the pronunciation throughout this episode. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Four key business units. Talk me through it. Mercado Libre is their is the first business stream, which is their marketplace. Yeah. Um, sort of similar to eBay, Amazon, the, the e-commerce platform. Yeah. Uh, Mercado in <laughs> we can put Spanish Envio Envio. It's their logistics business. So they've opened distribution centers. They've shipped 276 million items in Q3. Pretty not, significant. Bad. not bad. Then they've got the Mercado Pago, Payo, their payments platform. Uh, and then Mercado Credito, their credit line. Yeah. They <laughs> offer yeah credit to small business and yeah. So they're, they're their four key business lines. Yep. Um, and you can sort of see they're building an ecosystem for e-commerce retail. They have the, the, the e-commerce marketplace where you buy and sell. They have a logistics business to fulfill that. They have a payments platform to process the payments and they have a credit line business to help People start. Buy. No, well, to, I think more to help retailers oh, okay. get Set up started. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can sort of see how they're trying to own the ecosystem. They're trying to be Amazon and eBay, but they're also trying to be like Shopify and Square for South America. Yeah. And they're trying to just own that ecosystem. And they've got like a... Uh, startup fund that where they're if people use the Mercado Libre API they can get funding from Mercado and stuff like that so they're, they're really trying to build out and own that ecosystem they've got two other smaller business units Mercado Publicado which is their advertising business um, similar to Amazon that search box is incredibly valuable and being the first result on amazon.com is incredibly valuable being the first result on mercado's marketplace is incredibly valuable as well then they've also got mercado shops which are tools designed to allow small and medium companies to open virtual stores on their existing websites so when you think shopify there Mm, yeah yeah, yeah. like rather than uh red bull listing red bull on amazon they sell red bull stuff through their own website with a Shopify backend. Powered by that, That's Mercado Shops. Yeah. It's, why do they say that there's four business units plus two others? Well, so <laughs> those are two other business units, but when I was reading their Q3 report, they split out those four main business units. They don't okay, really like, gotcha. worry about the other two. Yeah, not so sizable I, enough yet. Yeah, that yeah. was my interpretation of what their main business units are. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so where is Mercado Libre seeing its future, Ren? It's in, a, it's in Latin America, large population, internet penetration only increasing. I mean, it's a story of just expansion, isn't it? Yeah, so six hundred, more than 650 million people in Latin America, so big market, one of the fastest growing internet penetration rates in the world. I would imagine Southeast Asia pips it at the post. Yeah, it'd be close. Yeah, 
So we found numbers from 2019, uh, but e-commerce penetration in 2019. So you got to remember this is pre-COVID. Yeah. So these would have jumped up. But Argentina, 7.6%. Brazil, 6.6%. Chile, 5.6%. Ecuador, 9.9%. Peru, 3.7%. So you can see they're all in the single digits still. At least they were in 2019. So what you're saying is plenty of room. Well, that's what... They're saying. Libre, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, and I, so the the thesis there is more people come online, more people start using the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We want to we want to be dominant in an emerging market, and yeah, yeah. So in Q three, uh, merchandise volume grew thirty two percent year on year, and and uh, look, we hate to say it, you love a super app. I do love, you a, love super a super app. Super app. Yeah. Is that where this is going? I maybe we've got payments, we've got e commerce, we've got. If you read, if you, so we got David Halpert coming on soon. Yeah. He might say the, the S word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they've got, it seems like they have a lot of the building blocks. Mm. The other big potential one that is spoken about in South America is Rappi. Yeah. The um, food delivery uh, platform also got a payment spine, mm, mm. an app used by hundreds of millions of people. So, you know, maybe, but it's just as likely in all of these situations, that there's no super app. It develops like Australia has developed or America has developed. Stay in their lanes. Yeah, that that no app can dominate in that same way. But if you were going to call up Sportsbet and ask for them to make a market on the first (laughs) South American super app, Mercado and (laughs) Rappi would be be short odds. (laughs) (laughs) Equity Mates app launching 2024 would be long odds. (laughs) Now, there was a slide that grabbed the attention, grabbed our attention in their quarterly report, and it was titled, What You Can't Miss. Yeah. A real key call out. This yeah, is the yeah, slide yeah. you need. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like all of their best things. Yeah. Uh, for the quarter. And I was like, why don't more businesses just first this slide? This is it. <laughs> you don't need to read past this slide. Yeah. And it's just a good reminder as well, if you are listening along at home, that the annual reports that these companies put out on their website, Investor Relations, is a great resource to find all this information as well. Mm. Uh, you don't need to do reams and reams of, uh, of research to get some of the high level stuff that's going on. But Ren, what are the key numbers? Well, I think the key takeaway for me was just growth. Like this is a fast growing business. The, the top line, the revenue number is growing at an incredible clip. And if we turn to the numbers, you can really see that. So normally we, in this section, we start with market cap, but let's just start with revenue because it tells the story. 7 billion US, so all, all these numbers are US dollars, 7 billion in revenue in 2021, 4 billion in 2020. Wow, almost double. Almost double. 2.2 billion in 2019. Wow. So almost double. Yeah. Five years ago, 844 million. Now it's 7 billion. It's grown 738% in the past five years. That's how much its revenue has grown. Love to see that. Yeah. This is a growth company. This is a growth company. <laughs> see Nike, you later, Nike. Move over. Yeah. Again, if you haven't listened to the episode, bit of a teaser there. But um, 738%. Are they profitable? They are, surprisingly. Wow, nice. Yeah. So 83 million in profit of 7 billion in revenue. Uh, not not huge margins. It's like a no. fraction over 1%. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. But. They're profitable. That's retail, <laughs> That's baby. Retail. <laughs> <laughs> they were profitable in 2021. The three years before that, not profitable. 2020, 19, 18, not profitable. Were in 17 and 16. So, But if you look at that growth number, you kind of would expect that looking at revenue growth of almost 100% yeah, yeah, year yeah. on year. Well, I think, I think the story here is that they're 
costs are scaling with their yeah. revenue and there's two parts there's two, there's two ways to interpret that one is they're spending and investing for growth the second is retail doesn't have good operating leverage yeah. and your costs do scale with yeah, your revenue yeah, yeah. you're always gonna and you're like never going to break free and become <laughs> <Yeah>. super profitable <laughs> The truth is probably somewhere in the middle of those two. Yeah. They are definitely investing for growth and retail also is not a business with great operating leverage. Yes. Well, there's also, a, I, I guess, a fear that if they continue just doing more and more business units as well, like there's just more and more investment that needs to come with that. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's the revenue and profit. What about the number that gets investors going in the morning what's happened to their share price <laughs> market cap of 43 billion dollars US down, US yeah down 35% year to date no surprises there in line with most most other companies it, it actually surprised me it wasn't more really yeah because you look at like the high growth US listed tech stocks like e-commerce software stocks they're down like 60, 70, 80% yeah well they're also not growing 100% year on year. They're also not profitable. They're also not profitable. Yeah. There we go. There we go. It is up to 212% over the past five years and was a big COVID winner, as Ren said at the top of the show, up more than 200% from the start of 2020 through to September 2021. It has uh, then come off a little bit over 50% from there, but um, still nonetheless pretty pretty impressive uh Revenue growth, it's profitable and uh, share price growth over the past five years. So this is certainly a growth story. So Bryce, we're about to turn to David. Is there anything else that we need to cover before we get the experts view on this stock? No, other than Mercado Libre is listed on the NASDAQ. The ticket is M-E-L-I and you can access the US stock market plus Australia and New Zealand markets on the Sharesies platform with no investment minimum. You can use promo code GROW when you sign up to the Sharesies platform for $10 in your account ready to invest. All investing involves risk. This is not a recommendation and you should perform your own research. Promo T's and C's apply. But Ren, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to discuss Mercado Libre with David help it jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue and experience the convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999 that's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. One, two, three, bring it back. Hey, it's another delightful day here in vacation land. It is our pleasure to welcome David Halpert, uh, founder, portfolio manager, and chief investment officer at Prince Street Capital, a specialist emerging and frontier market asset manager based in New York and Singapore. I got the yips today. And uh, we're excited to get David because he does specialize in this part of the market. And so, David, welcome. Thank you. Now, David, before uh, the break, we were 
unpacking Mercado Libre as a company. Now we really want to turn to it as an investment and we are glad that we've got an expert here to help us unpack it. We really want to start with how to analyze the company. When you look at a company like Mercado, what metrics matter? What ones don't? Uh, Where do you start uh, with a company like this? So we've had a change. NASDAQ crashed, the Fed raised interest rates, and the whole way that you think about a stock like Melly has to change with that. You have to be aware of the external environment as an investor. It previously was about growth and market share and innovation, and now it's about growth and cash flow and innovation. So the market share battle, which really defined this stock in the go-go years, is still there, but it's not as important as it used to be. And we always used to talk about Mercado Libre versus Amazon, Mercado Libre versus Shopee, Mercado Libre versus Nubank, Mercado Libre versus Rappi. And in in a certain way, those are no longer the important questions. And the important questions are how much money can this company make? How fast is it growing? And most interestingly, and most recently, What's the dividend going to look like? It's paying a dividend now? It is not paying a dividend, but it is projected to begin paying a dividend in 2024. Okay. Okay. Wow. Now, I understand 2024 is so far in the future, it's almost not worth thinking about. (laughs) But I can tell you some other companies that are not projected to be paying a dividend in 2024, and they are Amazon, C-Limited, my dear friends at uh, Gojek Tokopedia, and most of the e-commerce complex. So Mercado Libre is projected to pay a dividend. Also, the other company that you should be thinking about them relative to is a company called New Bank, which is Warren Buffett's digital bank uh, investment for South America. And New Bank is paying a dividend. Mm. So as you see this transition from the NASDAQ coin of bubble or whatever you want to call it, to more of a normal market, you're going to see more and more of these e-commerce titans actually paying dividends and moderating growth expectations to be sustainable growth as opposed to just pedal to the metal flat out. And you see this very efficiently reflected in stock prices. When a management team gets on the call and says, you know, we're managing for cash flow, you know, we're managing for sustainability, we're managing for, God forbid, dividend, the stock stops going down. And when a management team like C-Limited or Grab or some of these other guys gets up and says, no, we don't care about that, it's still about market share, the stock keeps going down. And Mercado Libre has outperformed C-Limited by about 50% in the last 12 months, which is a huge move. Now, I mean, there are other issues in They have some other mix of markets and mix of businesses and so forth. But I think the basic question is, how is the CEO and to a certain extent, the CFO and perhaps the board thinking about cash flow, dividend, sustainability? Mm. Incidentally, I find it bizarre that Amazon isn't paying a dividend given how much cash flow they have. Yeah. They're, they're, aren't they just trying to right-size their costs from the last few years? They have plenty of cash flow. Yeah. 
uh, they're projected to make 20 billion of free cash flow in 2023, and they're projected not to pay a dividend. I think this has to do with still this legacy assumption in the U.S. that you know stock buybacks are better than dividends because they're more tax effective. But Mercado Libre, coming more out of the Latin tradition, seems to be suggesting a dividend. Mm. Let's touch on bull case. How, how is it trying to build sustainable advantage? We've spoken about um, the different business units that they're creating. What, yeah, what's, yep. what's the bull case? So they have built sustainable advantage. They are the leading e-commerce company in a part of the world that most people don't care about, but that is still a $5 trillion GDP. And they're the leaders there. They now acknowledge they're not going to be the leading digital bank because New Bank is funded and is smart and is really well run. Uh, but I think they're going to build a meaningful number two in digital banking. And I think they are building that. And that represents a lot of the upside in the stock is as you realize the fact that you get both the shrimp and the steak. Uh, <laughs> to speak in Australian terms, uh, <laughs> this combination and the synergies to the extent that they are able to realize them between the Mercado Pago, Mercado Credito, and Mercado Libre, you know, represents significant upside. Mm. Bear case, it's a NASDAQ company. It belongs to all the same people who own Amazon and C and all that. Uh, so as these indices go down, it's getting shorted. You know, there are passive investor flows flowing out of it and so forth. So that's Really, you have to look at this and say, I'm taking NASDAQ risk. Hmm. And if you go and buy, I don't know, gold mines in Australia or treasury bills or even, you know, healthcare or, I don't know, Woolworths or something, you know, you're not taking the same degree of NASDAQ risk. Hmm. NASDAQ risk has been awful for the last 12 months. Uh, and Mercado Libre has had alpha to NASDAQ, but not enough to justify, you know, a risk averse investor. Uh, holding this. Yeah. When, when you think about uh, the, I guess, the business risk less than the stock risk, um, are there other e-commerce uh, players that we should be watching in, in South America? Obviously, you know, Amazon is a global player and, and they're, they're playing down there. But are there other native South American companies that you keep your eye on? Uh, well, Nubank, which is listed and is a native South American company and has all the same brains and strategic savvy that Mercado Libre has. And New Bank's launch and New Bank's presence, you know, significantly changes the long-term uh, upside case for Mercado Libre because they're just not going to be the number one digital bank. From a retail perspective? Yeah, I don't think they're good. I mean, maybe they can, they can do stuff. But if I were them, what I would do right now is take Mercado Pago, Mercado Credito and offer it up to merge with one of the other digital banks, probably in Brazil, and say, you know, it's nice you built what you've built. Honestly, ours is bigger and better, but we can merge and you can have a minority stake. We'll have the majority stake in that. And that probably, that combination probably brings both companies to profit. And if they don't bring it to profit, they shouldn't do it. Mm. And then you'll have something that might be the number one, might be the number one and a half, 
digital bank and then you'll have the number one e-commerce company yeah and you'll have them both listed one uh well hopefully the mercado executives are listening i'm sure they are so hopefully they hear that but but one other thing we noticed when we were looking through the numbers is just the incredible revenue growth they've seen in the covid period Mm -hmm. and and the few years before that but they've gone from you know quarterly hundred millions of dollars of revenue to most recent quarter what 2.6 2.7 billion dollars in revenue it's it's yep. been a pretty incredible growth rate. Now, you mentioned that they're now managing for cash flow, potentially even managing for a dividend. What what do you see the growth story going forward? Um, do you see, obviously not that growth run rate continued, but a meaningfully, like a, an, a good run, growth run rate continue or do you see it really coming back down? So consensus is that they'll grow 21.9% revenue in US dollars for 2023. Okay. Uh, and consensus is that Amazon will grow 10.6% in US dollars for 2023. Uh, I think they'll grow faster than Amazon. They've certainly grown faster than Amazon for the last five years. And they are in a GDP environment, which is growing faster. And they're in a less competitive uh, GDP. The offline retailer in Latin America is much dumber than the offline retailer in the US. Uh, and the bank in Latin America is much dumber than the bank in the U.S. I mean, the last time I spoke to you, the bank apps weren't as good as they are. Mm. I mean, I, we have a bank here in Singapore called DBS. I mean, that they, they essentially this is as good as a digital bank. Same day cross border fund transfers, for example, which is a very important thing in Latin America. I think they're going to grow faster than Amazon. I think they can pay a dividend and still maintain a growth rate faster than Amazon. Will they grow as fast as some cash burning? SoftBank funded e-commerce company like Coupang or something, you know, I don't know. They do definitely compete with Rappi, which is the SoftBank vehicle. And my understanding is Rappi is never going to see profit. Oh, really? Uh, and, <laughs> God. Well, that's the SoftBank tradition is yeah. you don't, don't try to make money. Yeah. Jeez, uh, SoftBank, maybe the worst investors doing? of, of oh. the last decade. <laughs> There's also Tiger Gold, but... Uh, <laughs> This mentality of market share at all costs, burn, baby, burn, that made sense at a certain point in history when capital was free and all that. Uh, That's just no longer a viable way to think about your company. I've done VC stuff, as you know, and and I'm currently wrestling with my VC CEOs to see kind of who really gets it and who doesn't. And if they don't get it, Either we're going to get a new CEO or we're going to get a new investment because (laughs) you just can't do this anymore. Mm, mm. You can burn for a year or two to sort of get your thing up and running. You know, uh, everybody has to invest for a certain period of time, but you can't have an indefinite investment period Mm, mm. anymore. Well, David, to, to close out, it would be great to get your views on where this, uh, where Mercado Libre would be in 10 years. Should it, you know, tick all the boxes and, and do what it says it's going to do, where do you expect it to be in 10 years' time? The stock price, five times over 10 years. Nice. You take that. So yeah. it's fallen in half already. So I think it can double. I think it'll probably take three years to double. And then it'll probably grow a little more slowly in the out years. But if the guys currently running it can keep their focus, and as you may know, this country, this company changed domiciles, right? They left Argentina and moved to Uruguay. And uh, we haven't spoken about that enough, how significant that can be for them. So if they can remain engaged and entrepreneurial and 
focused on this and they don't go run for president or, you know, <laughs> buy Twitter or whatever, they can still build a lot of value. Mm. Their, their market cap is currently less than the market cap of Itau, which is the you know, consumer bank in Brazil. Mm. Well, they touch a GDP, which is twice Itau, and they probably have more customers than Itau. And then there's the retailer. And then there's the energy business, which I expect them to build, although they are maybe not facing that much CapEx on that yet. I mean, so there's a lot that these guys can still do. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand it in the context of what Latin America is. Latin America is not as developed and rich as Singapore or Australia or the United States. It's still basically a poor place. And it still has people moving around, looking for work and all this. And this is absolutely great for an e-commerce business yeah. or for a digital lending, digital bank business. Because it's dynamic, it's going to grow. Mm. Mm. Nice. Just one, one question, just something there, just before we leave. You said uh, people don't speak enough about the move from Argentina to Uruguay. Um, yeah. Why is that so significant? Well, because being an Argentine company is one thing and being a Latin American company is a very different thing. And this positions them more to be a regional power Also, this significantly reduces the amazing governance risk that Argentina represents. Hmm. So Argentina can default again because they default every couple of years. They can default again and Mercado Libre potentially doesn't really need to worry about that. Hmm. Don't forget Mexico. You know, Mexico is in this U.S.-Canada free trade system. Uh, it's by far the biggest beneficiary of this. It'll be the fastest growing economy. It'll be the fastest industrial story. Uh, and Mercado Libre is the e-commerce company and can soon be the digital bank for, for Mexico. Mm. Now, again, I, I have to, you know, there's competition. There are other smart people in Mexico. I, I, I don't just assume they will win this, but that's part of the upside for them. Well, David, no doubt uh, it's a pretty compelling story or certainly has been over the last few years for Mercado Libre and uh, it feels like there's a great opportunity there for uh, if it can stay focused over the next decade or so. But uh, we have run out of time, so thank you so much for, uh, for joining us all the way from Singapore. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to chat to the Equity Mates community as always. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right, Ren. Well, uh, a lot to think about from David there. If you're interested uh, in what David does, um, make sure you check out Prince Street Capital. Yeah, I'm glad we got David on. Well, look, I'm glad we get all these experts on because mm. they constantly demonstrate why they're experts. But mm. we obviously prepped Mercado as a e-commerce retailer and David thinking about them in the future is thinking about them more as a bank. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Going to have to throw our research out and start again. Yeah, don't pay any attention <laughs> to the first half of the episode. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, it is, um, yeah, I'm certainly enjoying having the experts on the show, but that bring, does bring us to the end of our, our episode. A uh, shout out to Sharesies for supporting the Equity Mate Summer Series. Head to sharesies.com.au or download the Sharesies app. You can use the promo code GROW when you sign up to the Sharesies platform for $10 in your account, ready to invest. Promotion T's and C's apply. But Ren, we'll leave it there. And uh, as always, we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. 
This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.